Well, you can be seated. If you're online, you can, um, I don't know, you can stand up or you can be seated wherever you might be. <laughs> um, we're so glad to see you. I'm going to get myself situated here and grab my podium. It is uh, it's a great day to be here and to be with all of you and to um, just to be able to celebrate, um, as we just said, as we just prayed, the goodness of God uh, in our lives. And uh, so great to be able to be outdoors um, in this beautiful weather. We're thankful, as uh, Pastor Kyle prayed, thankful for the opportunity to be here um, this morning. And um, today is a special day, as we have uh, told you about all week, uh, that we are um, just have the honor to, um, to bless um, and honor our graduates of the class of 2020. And um, I know that they have uh, dealt with so many things um, just related to all of the changes that are going on in our world. And perhaps the class of 2020 uh, just emotionally might have been hit as hard as any other group of people. And so um, just their steadfastness, these students, I've been able to see um, just their resilience, um, their trust in the Lord's plans, um, even in the midst of uncertainty, and it's been an encouragement to me. And so uh, we do want to just take some time this morning before we get to our study in Ephesians um, to uh, just to bless them and to encourage them and to thank God for them. And so um, if you're gathering with us online, we're going to be able to show you uh, their pictures. And I want to encourage you just to pray for each and every one of them as uh, I lead us in a prayer of blessing over them here in a few moments. Um, but uh, Perhaps just um, even get your phone out and, and take a picture or do a screenshot and save a couple of these names and just remember them. Um, and uh, take a, t as, as the year goes on, um, keep praying for them. Don't let this just be a time that we only pray this morning, but um, let us do that for sure uh, right now. And so I'm going to introduce our seniors to you. And uh, as I said, um, just uh, we will uh, be able to pray over them in just a moment. First, we have Curtis Ossili. Tyler Burton, Sam Crane, Jake Fowler, Cooper Gallimore, Grayson Hurst, Allison Kosis. Allie Marshall, Trinity Needham, Cambry Potts, Abby Reyes, Maggie Rogers, Liam Stone, and here they all are. We thank God for each and every one of them, and um, we just pray there uh, that his blessings would go um, with them wherever the Lord might lead them, and um, so let's just bow our heads right now and take a moment to uh, lift them up in prayer and thank God for their lives, thank God for this season, um, and ask him to uh, go ahead of them. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for these young men and women. 
God, I thank you for the years that you have given us with them as um, a church family. Um, I thank you for their student leaders from the time that they were in sixth grade um, on up through this past year. These past couple of years, we thank you for um, just the opportunity to um, just walk with them in their faith journey. And we pray, God, that the truth that they have learned from your word would be secured deeply in their hearts, that as they go out into the world, wherever you might lead them, um, that they would know you, that their faith would lead them, would um, go before them, um, would just comfort them, help them as uh, they navigate um, just all of the things that this world has. Um, Lord, we, we pray that you would just um, be with them in all these things. And again, that your word, um, the security of their hope and their salvation in you would, would reign supreme in their lives. And God, as they do go out into the world and leave um, in some senses, um, whether immediately or at some point in the near future, the um, protection of their parents' home and the protection of this faith family, God, wherever you might lead them, we pray that you would give them boldness. As the apostles prayed, they asked for boldness as they went out into the world to, um, to love the world as you loved it, to proclaim the truth of who you are, the joy of the gospel. And so I pray that you would be with them as, um, and, and lead them in that and just equip them. Lord, we pray that um, as they uh, move on to, to wherever you are leading them, Lord, that they would quickly uh, find and, and be encouraged and, and um, just uh, jump in with uh, a, a new faith family and to, um, to just commit to serving and walking with you. Lord, we pray that you would just bless them, um, make your face to shine upon them, give them peace, comfort them in all times. We love them and we thank you so much for their lives um, and we bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for that. And now, seniors, um, in a sense, as we wrap up this um, time of, uh, of study in the book of Ephesians, um, getting to the end of chapter six, this message, um, I would say it's directed and just in God's sovereignty as he seems to always do, um, the right passage, the right text uh, lands uh, right on the right day for us as a faith family. And, we're, and, and I'm just so thankful for the way that the Lord moves and works these things out. Um, but this is a message that I think for you seniors especially, and really all of us as a family um, need to know and need to hear and will propel and help encourage you and um, I think equip you uh, for the life uh, ahead of you. Uh, wherever it might be. If you were with us last week, we acknowledged and we, um, in the beginning of uh, chapter six, or excuse me, middle, beginning in verse 10, we looked at just those first three verses of chapter six that say, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And we acknowledge the fact that the first step in living this life is to acknowledge that we are weak on our own, independent of God, we have nothing but with God, we can do all things, he says, and we have his strength. And so we need to just be ready. The world doesn't want to do that. The world tells us that we need to tell everyone that we meet how strong we are, how well we have it all together. But God's word instructs us to acknowledge our weakness, to be humble about our weakness, and in that weakness to then rely on the Lord's strength. 
And so as we rely on the Lord's strength, then we can go into the world and do all that he has called us to do. See, we are in a battle. This is, this is not a battle necessarily for your life, because if you're in Christ, your life is secured by him forever and ever. But we are in a battle for our witness and the ministry and the mission of God, how he might use us. We are called to be ministers of the gospel. Every single believer in Christ has that calling on their lives, not just those of us that uh, serve in a vocational ministry, but we are all called ministers and we have a testimony to share with the world. And that testimony that you have perhaps will go further than ever my voice might because God is gonna send you and take you into places where he's not going to take me. But how do we do all that Paul has unpacked for this church in Ephesus. How do we live out this life that he's called us to live? The first step, as he says there, is we just have to be strong in the Lord. We have to rely on him and we have to acknowledge our own weakness. And then as we do that, he gives us this challenge, this calling to put on this armor of God, these tools that God has given us in order to go out into the world and do all that he said that we should do. See, we are weak, but when we put on God's tools, God's armor, then we can be strong. And this follows in the line of putting on Christ. See, if we're Christians, what we know is that the reason that we are, we have a relationship with God, the reason that we would say that we are saved is because we have been united with Christ. And Paul would describe that so often throughout the New Testament as putting on Christ. So when we put on Christ, we're cleansed of our unrighteousness. I wanna take you back to the garden. And you may remember that Adam and Eve, they walked in the garden with God and they were naked and unashamed. And then sin entered into the world. And when sin entered in the world through their actions, they realized their nakedness and they were ashamed. And God, in that moment, he made a covering for them to cover their shame. And that is a picture of who Christ is, that later Christ would come and he would be the final covering, that he would cover us and we'd put him on and we would no longer have to live in the shame of our sin, but we would be able to put on Christ and be set free from that shame. And now, because we have put on Christ and been declared righteous by him, Paul says, you go out into the world and you recognize that you're not fighting with one another, but there are spiritual forces of evil that are coming against the kingdom of God. And so if you're going to be successful, if you're going to do what God has called you to do, you better also now put on his armor. So first we put on Christ and his righteousness, but then even still, we know that we need help. I've been walking with Christ since I was 17 years old. I'm not gonna tell you how old I am because then you're just gonna laugh at me. You're gonna see the gray in my beard. <laughs> but since I was 17 and still today, I sin. I mess up. I hurt people that I wouldn't want to hurt. I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong things. I'm like Paul. The things that I wish I did, I don't do. And the things that I know I don't wanna do, I do. So, if that's true and I'm supposed to be the husband and the father and the pastor and the friend and the witness, how do I do all of these things? 
students, seniors, how are you going to go out into the world knowing that you are weak and accomplish what God has called us to accomplish? Well, this is where the armor of God comes into play. See, God has given us Christ for our justification to declare us as righteous. And then he gives us the armor of God to help us in our sanctification, to make us holy and to give us and to protect us as we go out into the world and we do what we're called to do. And as the sin creeps up both internally from our flesh and the flaming arrows as it describes of the enemy come against us to protect us against those things, we have the armor of God. See, God doesn't condemn us for being weak. He doesn't say to us, oh my goodness, Ryan, you are a train wreck as you often call yourself. You're an idiot. Why would you do something like that? No, he says, you need to put on the armor again. You let something go. You laid the sword down. You took off the helmet of salvation. Your feet weren't ready. Those things are I've given to you to help you. He knows our weakness and he has given us everything in himself to make us strong and to allow us to live for him. So let's look at these things. And again, seniors, these these tools that God has given us, I pray that you would just take hold of these things and that they would um, just be anchors for you, anchors for your soul, just daily reminder. Come back and reread this. You might wanna read this verse until it's memorized or this passage until it's memorized. Every day when you wake up reminding yourself of what God has given us and who he's called us to be. Again, as Pastor Kyle read for us, beginning in 13, therefore, because you're weak, and because you need help, and because there's a battle going on, a battle for the souls of the world, a battle for the kingdom of God, therefore take up the whole armor of God. First, he says, take up the whole armor. He doesn't say to take up just a part of it. One of the things that we sometimes do is we, we get um, maybe overly reliant on one piece. We're gonna talk about the helmet of salvation. And so we might put on the helmet of salvation and we might forget to take up our shield or we might forget to take up the sword of truth. We need the whole armor of God. It's a complete armor. Think about the soldier walking into battle. Those soldiers that used to wear literal, maybe armor, the medieval soldiers, they would not just put their helmet on. They wouldn't just pick up their shield. They wouldn't literally just, just put their shoes on and leave everything else to, 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 to the side. No, they would put on all of their armor as they went into battle because they knew they were going into a battle. One of the first steps for us is to remember we're weak, and we are in a battle every day. Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I am not able to be who you've called me to be independently of you. I need your strength. I need your armor. Here again, he says, take up the whole armor of God, not just the armor that you create, that's one of the things that I, I think we uh, often fall prey to. And I do this all the time. I think, well, I'll, I'll, I've got a shield that I've kind of made up. I talked about the paper swords that we use in these little fake battles when we're battling against flesh and blood for getting the spiritual battle that we are in. In the same way, sometimes we take up an armor that we create for ourselves. I can protect myself with this. I'm going to use this mechanism to ensure I don't get hurt or that I don't have to deal with that situation. And we think of things that, are, uh, that we can make. That's not what God instructs us to do. We need his armor. We need the entire armor of God and we need an armor that can only be given to us from him. So take up the whole armor of God. Why? 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Friends, we've been reminded of how evil this world is just in the past few days. We see it on our television screens. Our hearts break for all that we see going on. How will we stand firm? How will we continue to press forward in declaring the goodness of God, the holiness of God, to proclaim the gospel to those who desperately and so clearly need a word from Jesus? We've got to take on the whole armor of God because the days are evil and there is evil in the world and we have to stand against it. So let's go through this armor. Stand therefore, verse 14, having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt in the Roman soldier, the belt was what held everything together. He would sort of gird himself with his belt and all of his equipment and everything that he needed to go out into battle was attached to that belt. It was kind of like in a football game or in in the equipment of football, cinching up the chin strap and kind of putting the mouth guard in. You were ready. You were prepared. And what does he say that we kind of prepares us for this day? Where does he begin? The first thing he mentions is this belt of truth. Truth in our culture today is whatever someone wants to believe. The only way that we can stand firmly is to stand on the truth given to us by God. What prepares us to go into battle, what cinches us up, what equips us to go out into the world is the truth of God, his word. And so the first thing that we have to do is we've got to fasten the belt of truth. We have got to attach ourselves to the word of God. And by attaching ourselves to the word of God and the word of God having its uh, way in us, we are therefore prepared. We can step in. The next thing he says that we should put on is the breastplate of righteousness. I've already spoken about the fact that when we put on Christ, that we are declared righteous the mercy of God. We don't have to do anything to earn that righteousness. We don't, we don't get right in some sort of earthly way. No, we simply place our faith in Christ. And when we do that, we are given his righteousness. And the breastplate, in a sense, is, is the thing that's, that is most visible. It is what the world sees. It's what, uh, in, a, in a sense, declares who we are. And so we, those of us who are in Christ, not because of our own doing, but purely because of his love for us and his mercy, go back and read the first three chapters of this book. We are declared righteous. And so when we go into the battle, we have to remember that we are righteous. We have Christ's righteousness indwelling in us. It's who we are. And if we are that, if that's who we are, the holiness of God at work in us must be present. So we attach the belt of truth. We, we, we link ourselves and gird ourselves up for battle with his word. And then we remember who we are, the righteousness of God by putting on his breastplate. Then he says in verse 15, that we are to, as shoes for our feet, what do we, we do have? And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He says that when we go out into battle, 
We need to have on our feet readiness. We need to be prepared for wherever we are going. The shoes that the Roman soldier would wear had, and essentially they were like cleats. They had nails that were uh, uh, hammered through the soles. And then what they would allow them to do is they'd allow them to take a position that their feet would stand firmly and they would not retreat. They wouldn't fall backwards. They would keep marching forward, marching forward, marching forward. And so when they marched forward, they, they had a, a strength to their march. And in the same way, those of us who are Christians, we're to go out into the world ready with the gospel of what? Not of war, not to attack, but a gospel of peace. And we're to be ready to step in. How often do we look on the sidelines? We stand back and we sort of watch from afar whatever might be happening. We know that this relationship might be having some troubles or this, there might be this challenge that we're connected to. And we sort of shrink back from that because of our weakness and we don't know what to do. God's word instructs us that we are to be ready to step into that. And when we step into that, our message is the gospel. When there is brokenness, when there is evil, when there is hardship, when there is pain, when there is suffering, we step in. We don't shrink back, but we step in and the message that we take is a gospel of peace. The peace of God is this, that we were sinners. We were once enemies because of who we were because of our sin. And God laid all his wrath on Christ, taking, and, and when Jesus took on that wrath, he satisfied God. The justice of God was satisfied. And because of that, we now have peace with God. That's what it means when we read and talk about that verse, the peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that cannot really be explained. Peace with God, no longer at enmity with God, but peace with him. And that's the message of the gospel. And so we go into this broken situations and we go into the hard place and we do step in and we say, let me bring you good news. You are not, you don't have to be an enemy. You don't have to find yourself always staying in this hard place. Let me tell you about what Jesus has done to redeem you and to redeem this situation. We step in because we have the shoes of readiness. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Sometimes when we think of shields, the first thing when I think of a shield is Captain America's shield, the round shield. But the Roman soldier's shield was actually a very tall shield. Some of you may, you may have seen this in some movies as well. But it was a shield that would kind of go from, from foot to above and they, would, they could crouch down beneath that shield and all of the flaming arrows that came against them would hit that shield and they'd be protected from it. They could form these, um, uh, 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 I don't even know what the word is. I, my, my brain just went blank on me. That, that happens when you're preaching sometimes. But they, they can form this uh, uh, together as a, as a group as a, as a, of soldiers and they can link this, the shields together and place them and they can protect themselves from that and from the flaming darts. And in the same way, we as Christians, we have to take up the shield of what? The shield of faith. Faith is what protects us from those spiritual forces of darkness that come against us, those flaming arrows. I wanna ask you, how often have you laid in bed at night realizing that there was something that had gone wrong in your day? You had handled a situation not in the right way 
You had sinned. There was real sin that had to be dealt with. And the enemy starts to shoot those arrows at you and tell you, you're not loved. You, God surely doesn't look upon you with favor or mercy. He starts to tell you about all the people in your life that they hate you, they're against you, they're not for you. Darts, flaming darts coming for your soul. And what do we take up? We take up the shield of faith. It is our faith in Christ and what he has once and for all accomplished, the security that we have in him that protects us from those things. It's what allows me to say in those moments when I've experienced that very thing, no, Satan, I am Christ and he is mine. Every one of your arrows were extinguished on the cross. So you can keep shooting them, but they will not find their place in my heart and in my soul because I know whose I am. And I know the end of the story. I know the victory that I will have. Or perhaps it's in days of sorrows, not anything that you've done in terms of sinfulness in your own life, but just a hardship, pain, you've lost a loved one. And you're wondering, again, the darts, are you sure? Are you sure what God says is true? Yes, I am sure because he's proven it to me over and over and over again. It's that shield that protects me from those flaming darts that come against me. 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Take on the helmet of salvation. You know, how do we identify a team when a, on, the, on the field? So often it's the helmet, the football helmet. If it's not the helmet, it might be the cap. We see the logo. You see that silver helmet and that blue star, you know America's team is on the field and they're about to win. You know who they are. They are identified. And so Paul, he instructs us to take up the helmet of salvation. This essentially to remember the salvation that we have in Christ, to remember who we are and to know that that, that, that protection that, we, that comes with that. Again, if we have been saved, that is Jesus promised that we would have eternal life. And that none of these evil forces, none of the spiritual darkness that exists in the world can change our eternity, can change the future and the hope that we have. So when we can step in because we've got the feet of readiness or we can protect ourselves from the flaming darts of the enemy, all of that is rooted in this idea that we have been saved. And so we put that helmet on and we remember who we are. We remember our identity in Christ. And that protects us once again. Finally, the last piece that Paul says is the only piece of armor that is offensive. If you notice all of these other things, they're protective because again, God understands that we need him. We need his strength. We need his armor. But this last one is how we go out into the world and declare who he is to wage battle against the schemes of the enemy against the devil and all that he intends to do, to put out those flaming darts that are coming against those that we love. He says that we take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I want you to notice something that as he began, he said to put on the belt of truth. 
And that that belt of truth would prepare us for the battle that we are about to go and it would kind of cinch us up and get us ready. Everything that we need would be attached to that belt. And that belt of truth is the truth of God's word. And now here, then that's the protective mechanism that we have as we have the truth of God's word preparing us and getting us ready for the battle. Now he says, take the sword of the truth, the sword of the spirit, excuse me, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, his Holy Spirit is his word. And so when we go out into the world and we see those hardships and those pains and those suffering, what do we, what do we preach? What do we proclaim? Not ourselves, Paul would say. No, we proclaim Christ and him crucified. We proclaim his truth. We proclaim his word. His word is what we give to people. You don't need a word from me this morning. You need the holy word of God. Seniors, as you go out into the world, I don't care if you remember anything that I've said today, but if you might remember that you need to go to Ephesians chapter 6, 13 and following in order to prepare yourself for the battle that you're going to be in every day for the rest of your life, that's good because you can go to the truth and you can be reminded of all that God has done. So, to close, what will we take up? The belt of truth? Or we allow the lies of the world? Will we put on the breastplate of righteousness or will we just allow worldliness to be who we are? Will we have shoes of readiness or will we shrink back and take the easy way out? Will we, will we have the shield of faith protecting us against those or we will, will we live in constant fear? Will we put on the helmet of salvation and remember that we are alive or will we continue to walk around acting like dead people? Finally, will we take up the sword of the spirit and will we go into battle with his truth or will we just try to offer the world whatever comes to our mind, which ultimately I can just tell you, for me, would be foolishness. Friends, seniors, remember this armor that God has given you and remember that it is what prepares you for the battle that we're in every day. Notice as he closes in verse 18, he says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. And then he asked for prayer for himself in the ministry that he would have. We connect with God. We hear from him. We're able to take this armor up as we begin our day, as we remember and we ask for it. Heavenly Father, Today, give me your armor. I am weak. I need your help. And he gives it to us freely. Let me pray and ask that God would give us the strength to acknowledge our weakness, to humble ourselves before him, and take up his entire armor to protect us as we go into battle. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your word that is true your word that protects us, your word that strengthens us for the battle that we are in. And I pray this morning that each and every one of us would remember the gift that you've given us as we're able to put on who you are, your armor. You lend it to us freely. You don't look at us smugly and say, oh, you little child, why do you need so much help? No, you say, here, I've given you these gifts, these tools to equip you, to guard you, to help you, to prepare you 
for everything that this world would offer. And I pray again, especially for our seniors, that they would remember these truths, Lord. You would secure them to their heart. Again, not my words, those are worthless, but your word, who you are. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sundays at 1030 a.m. at 2950 Cardinal Drive, and we'd love to meet you this coming week. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.